Welcome to the Everyone Has a Story podcast presented by the Business and Education Alliance, where students' talent, interests, and aptitudes can be connected to the dynamic world of work. Welcome, everybody, to today's episode of Everyone Has a Story hosted by the Business and Education Alliance. My name is Bob Gimignani. Very pleased today to have with us Charlie Johnner. Charlie is uh, the owner of Mana Creations, uh, a local graphic arts house. Uh, Charlie, thank you so much for being uh, part of our initiative today. Yeah, thank you, Bob. Appreciate it. Yeah, excellent. So let's get right into this, Charlie. Um, think about, you know, a few, just a few short years ago, perhaps when you were in middle school or high school, um, did you have any thoughts occur to you back then about like what kind of job you wanted to have when you grew up? No, <laughs> uh, right. not at all. I had no clue. No, um, I loved art and I knew I wanted to do art, but I had no idea how to do art. So I kind of just went and worked for my parents. My mom and dad owned a machine shop. And so since I was about 12, I'd worked for them and kind of just fell into after high school working with them and learning the business and thought I was going to end up running the machine shop. And it wasn't until my mom came in and said, you're wasting your talent. You need to, you need to go to college for art because you're really good at it. So I ended up going to college for art. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, so I take it your first ever paid job was working in mom and dad's machine shop. Yep. Doing machining, cleaning toilets, sweeping. Yep. <laughs> yep. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, Charlie, when you were in high school specifically, uh, were you, did you have any opportunities to participate in any kind of career connected or experiential learning, much like the Business and Education Alliance is helping bring to our school systems today where you had a chance to maybe job shadow or intern in a business that you were uh, interested in? Mm, not, not really job shadow or intern, um, but my high school offered... Um, college classes for certain seniors. And I ended up going to Pikes Peak Community College and taking some graphic design classes, which I really enjoyed. So now, uh, Charlie, you get to lay out your career journey. Um, that huge gap between not sure what you wanted to do when you were in high school, working at the machine shop to where you are today uh, as an entrepreneur in your own graphic arts house, Man of Creations. Uh, if you could um, lay that journey out and perhaps uh, to the best of your ability, try to figure out how you sort of incorporated what you thought you were good at, like your aptitudes, your interests, and your passions, and how those three things kind of sprinkled through your journey and maybe uh, helped you kind of weed things in and weed things out uh, with respect to different jobs that you took and um, the education that you pursued. So I'm going to let you roll on here with your career story uh, okay. and try not to interrupt. So yeah, college, I went to the Art Institute and went for animation. And I thought I wanted to be, you know, an animator, character designer and go out to California and work for like Cartoon Network, Warner Brothers. Um, I ended up uh, falling into just doing graphic design after college with a partner of mine and, that I had met in college. We started a business called Beyond All Limits. We had that for Oh, about four years and did a lot of stuff, web design, graphic design, some software design, um, illustration, animation. We did some animation stuff and then we ended up uh, splitting up and I ended up starting Mana Creations in 2006 and 
yeah, specialized in graphic design and illustration. In the beginning, I did some web design. My animation skills have fallen off just because I don't do a lot of animation anymore. I do some video graphic animation, but not really any 3D or 2D animation like I was taught. Uh, mostly I do a lot of illustration and yeah, graphic design. I think when I was in college, I had always been drawn to the graphic design side of things just because of like logos and doing layout and, you know, designing around text and photos. So I still, you know, had that side of me plus doing the graphic design classes when I was in high school helped, you know, keep that in my wheelhouse. Being in my mom and dad's business and like learning so many trades and wearing so many hats or so many hats, um, I think it helped me in my own business and running my own business, because when you own your own business, you have to wear so many hats, you know, it's not just being a creative person all the time. I still have to manage, you know, balance books and chase people for money and all that good fun stuff. I think if, if a person was wanting to do, be a freelancer or run their own business, they need to, you know, have the willingness to wear some, a, a, a lot of different hats, always, Always be willing to learn new things, not be afraid of what the business side of it is. If you just want to be a creative person, I think working, you know, for someone working for a design firm or a business that has it, that has a need for a designer is a good way to go. My story is kind of short just because I got out of college and jumped into owning my own business with another guy and then breaking off and owning a business for myself. I mean, I don't know, did that... Oh, it's really all, Charlie, it's all good. Um, so I, I have a question to, if you can yeah. expand on this a little bit. When did you make the conscious choice to become an entrepreneur versus mm. going to work for, you know, a larger company? What, what did that look like? What did that decision look like for you? And why did you do that? That's a great question. Did, did it happen kind of accidentally? Did the opportunity just kind of present itself and you said, you know what, that's a great idea. Let's go into business together. Or did you have some thoughts about wanting to be your own business owner? Maybe, maybe perhaps because of uh, your folks having their own business. Can you expand on that? Yeah. So yeah, out of college, that kind of just happened. Uh, my partner, Nick and I, we ended up just saying, Hey, you know, we're good friends. We work well together. Let's, let's start a business, you know, and we had an opportunity um, through a, person that he knew to do some software development and some animation stuff so we started doing that and then we just kind of fell into everything else that we were doing um and honestly my mom and dad were pretty against me owning my own business because they you know they had started out with just those two running the business and they built their business to 50 people and then they had gone through a lot of positive and negative and they knew how much how much it takes to run your own business and be very successful. So I think they wanted me to just use my talent and enjoy it, which I do. I get to still do it and enjoy my talent. And I love what I do. After, after my partner and I split up, that was a big choice. You know, I had a young family. I was very nervous about going out on my own. I, I really didn't know if I was going to be able to do it. I joined a networking group, a small business networking group, BNI. And that really helped push me forward. I mean, I had a lot of support from other business people in the Colorado Springs area. I was meeting other people. And I, I, I guess I did skip something in my journey. After Beyond All Limits and I started Manic Creations, we, 
I think I did it for about four years. And then I, I actually went to work for an Olympic sport um, triathlon. And I was there for about five years as their designer. And that's where I met a lot of the people who I do work with today. And I stayed there, enjoyed it, loved it, loved the people, and just felt like it was time for me to move on. I went to work for another company out of Boulder that lasted about a year, just wasn't a good fit for us. And then I jumped right back into doing it full-time and I've been doing it full-time since 2017. You know, I think with all of the context that I had made at triathlon and the Olympic movement, that helped me sustain what I'm doing today and be, you know, a successful freelancer and not have to worry about every job coming in. And, you know, I have a good steady income. I've made it to where I can help other, other Olympic sports, you know, with their design needs as well as their budgets. Um, I do a retainer for people. So, you know, it's not just chasing money all the time. It's steady income. Plus, you know, it helps them. It helps me. It's good. That answer your question. Yeah, Charlie, that's great. And I've interviewed a a few folks uh, in graphic and multimedia arts here in the last six months uh, that are members of the AIGA. And Mm -hmm. uh, a number of them have said every independent freelance graphic artist needs needs a wife who works yeah (laughs) yeah 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 my wife you know (laughs) uh healthcare is a big thing (laughs) especially as you get older (laughs) my wife works basically to pay for our health insurance (laughs) right right well it's a good it's a good team yeah it's a good team Charlie, what would would you say has been the biggest single professional challenge you have faced in your career? And how did you overcome that? Communication, I think is the biggest, you know, there was times when it was feast or famine for me. There was times when I didn't do very well. I was struggling to make my bills just because I was working so much, but I didn't have the opportunity to go out and actually do sales or try to meet people and try to build more revenue. Um, I had to find that balance, but I think, you know, that's kind of normal as you start out, you learn things. Um, but definitely communication has always been the biggest challenge, even to this day, you know, communication from your clients, your communication to them. I think if I had one thing to stress to up and coming designers, is you work, work on communication, work on making sure you're constantly informing your clients, your boss, whoever you're working with, what's going on, always be transparent. You know, if you're going to miss a deadline, tell them I'm, I'm just, I'm not feeling it. I can't, I just can't do it today. Uh, anyway, I can push it to tomorrow or the day after, you know, 99% of the time when I do that with my clients, they're, they are always willing to work with me. You know, as long as I communicate with them, give them enough time to adjust what they need to have done. I think when you start designing for people, they have a vision of what they want and you have a vision of what you want. If you don't communicate, you don't really listen to what they're saying, like truly listen and ask questions and find out as much information as you can. You're not going to hit the mark that they have, and that can be a problem. Communication. Excellent. No, good stuff. Good stuff. Charlie, uh, let's talk about mentorship or friendship, as some people might call it. Yeah. Um, Do you want to give a shout out to some folks that have shown up in your journey in a meaningful way? I always have to say my mom first. I know that's, it's my mom. My mom's the one who pushed me. She kicked me in the butt and said, get out, 
from behind this desk, you I know you enjoy what you're doing as a machinist, but you need to go not waste your talent. So I think my mom was the one who pushed me to do this. You know, my wife always supports me, uh, my kids. You know, people in the industry, I've had a lot of people that I've worked with, other designers. You know, I have a friend, Katie, who worked for the Chicago Bears that her and I were real close and she helped me. I think when you have designers in your life that are uh, friends, mentors, whatever, if you can connect with that person and you can bounce ideas off one another and you're very honest with each other, I think it really helps you to grow. I've had some friends of mine, designer friends that have pretty much uh, given me very harsh, crust, constructive criticism that hurt, but it really helped me step my game up. I don't really have, I have a list of people I can say, but it's a big list. <laughs> Charlie, I, uh, I learn from everyone. I try to learn from everyone in my life. Good, you know, good. Business-wise, design-wise, you know, my mom and dad started their business. I learned a lot from them. Being in the business, you know, community, being in these small business groups and, and dealing with other small business owners, um, you see the passion they have and the passion for their business and what they do, it, it, you know, it rubs off on you. And you, when you design for somebody who has that passion for their own business and you're designing for them, that passion comes out and it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. It's pretty, that's like a, yeah, something that I actually really, really love about what I do. So I do have to say, uh, again, I've interviewed probably six or seven folks uh, in your mm -hmm. industry that are part of AIGA. Um, yeah. I, I think, and I've interviewed probably close to 180 people now in the last year mm -hmm. or so. Mm -hmm. um, I, I find the folks in your industry um, highly energized and, and passionate, uh, which is really cool. Um, and I, I like the, the group feng shui. <laughs> yeah. 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 We, well, I haven't had enough coffee. I'm not very energized. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep I'm, working on it. Yeah. Hey, what, what would you say to your teenage self, Charlie, uh, knowing what you know today? <laughs> don't do what you did back then. Uh, <laughs> don't do that. Be open. Be open to everybody. Don't think you know it all because you don't. Even today, I don't know it all. I know. I'm not the best designer in the world. I'm not the best illustrator. I know there's other people out there that are younger than me that are amazing and their passion they have for their skill and their craft. It's just be open to other people. Be open to learning from everyone around you. I think that's that's what I would tell myself. Just don't look at someone and think you know better than they do because you, you probably don't. And they probably have a nugget that they can share with you that will change your perspective. That That is awesome advice to a teenager. Absolutely. Yeah. Charlie, talk to students watching right now about your business a little bit. What does your business do? What is your mission and who are your customers? So my business is I'm, I'm a freelance graphic designer and illustrator. Um, what that means is well, my clients are, most of my big clients are in the Olympic movement. So they're, they're called NGBs. The NGBs that I work with are... I work with about five of them full-time now. So I have boxing, fencing, figure skating, hockey, boxing, figure skating, fencing, hockey, cycling. And I do work with swimming once in a while. What I do for them is I'm basically their graphic designer because some of them don't have a graphic designer in-house. Some of them do have graphic designers, but they get so much work. They need, they need someone to help with overflow. 
So when they get busy, they send me work. When they need stuff done, they send me work. Some of these um, NGBs that I work with, I have on retainer. So basically I charge them so much money a month. I give them so many hours a month. They just send me work. I keep track of the hours and it works great because then they can work with their budget. They don't have to go back and forth with me on the price of a project. It's simple. And that's pretty much my mission. I want to keep things simple for my clients. I want to help them be successful by giving them great design and giving them great illustration work and not being a pain in their butt to where they have to worry about budgets, pricing, and changes and all that. I, I want to make it simple for them. A lot of the graphic work I do are logos, um, you know, event programs, event signage, signage, big things. I do a lot of social media stuff. A lot of the illustration work I do, um, it, it varies, a lot of it varies. My claim to fame is the McDivitt frog. So I think if anybody's seen the McDivitt frog, that's my guy, I'm his daddy. I do a lot, I did some web stuff in the beginning of my career. I did a lot of web design, but right now, the way things have changed within in the web design world, I do actual design work, but I partner with like Neon Pig um, and I'll do the design and send it to them and they'll build it and work with the client. I just completed uh an animation for a lawyer out in new york and i did the character design and then i sent it out to an animation house in denver and they ended up doing all the animation work same with the mcdivitt frog i actually just made the character and then that same animation house in denver did all the animation for it so you know i try to stay um have a good partnership with different people to help me to help my clients and that's i think the end of the day that's what i'm going for you know you want your client to come to you and say, hey, I need a logo. I need a character to go with my logo. I need business cards and brochures and wraps on my vehicles and billboards and apparel. And so you try to give them everything in one shot. You know, I try to make it so a client can come to me and say, I want all this stuff. And they just work with me. And then I go to, you know, calling it Neon Pig and say, hey, this client needs a web design or a website. Let's work together. But the client deals with me and they don't feel like they're going to 20 different people and it helps them, you know, feel that sense of security, I guess. Excellent, Charlie. So that's a great segue. That's to the next question. So uh, as an independent freelancer, you're working on your own, mm -hmm. uh, but you just mentioned like Neon Pig. Uh, yep. So I interviewed Colin a few months ago. He, he gave a great interview as well. Um, talk to students about the, the different types of craftspeople that you uh, on occasion might pull into your into your projects to help you? Um, what, what kind of occupations do you pull in to help you on projects every so often? I think the biggest one are printers. You know, like I have three different print shops that I work with. Um, one of them I use pretty much exclusively. Um, and that is a big thing for a designer because with my clients, they'll come to me and they want business cards, you know, something very simple. And they don't want to have to say, oh, I love this design. And then you say, okay, go find a printer. Now they want to have you give them the full package. So I ask them quantities. I work with the printer and we give them the full package and they don't have to deal with the printer. I deal with it. I look at the proofs. Everything looks good. Apparel people as well. You know, you have clients that want shirts made, hats made. You know, if you can work with a printer, with an apparel person and have that partnership, then your client doesn't have to deal with them. They don't have to deal with the headaches. You know, they don't understand design. They don't understand vectors and they don't understand how well colors are supposed to look and if it's supposed to match their logo or not, they don't get that. So 
you know, you get to help move that along and make sure it's like a quality control thing. You know, you get to work with their apparel people and make sure everything's right. Um, you know, I mentioned the animation house in Denver, you know, I work with them once in a while, uh, web design or web developers, you know, they're great to have in your pocket as well. You know, if you have a website and you don't want to deal with it, especially for me, when I started out, there wasn't any mobile stuff, you know, you didn't really have to worry about that. And now you have a lot of mobile, you have to worry about the mobile applications and you have to worry about a lot of different factors. You can tell I don't, <laughs> I'm not very current on though, but yeah, having someone that, you know, you, I think basically having people in your corner that you can go to for your client and help your client not have to deal with 20 different people and they just stay with you, you know, that's a big thing. They'll keep coming back to you because they know you're going to handle it all. You're not just a graphic designer, you're a project manager. Um, hope your clients hit the easy button. Yeah, that's it. Simplify their life. They have a busy enough life. Awesome. Yeah. That's, that's just, that's a great, uh, great way to approach business. And, and I think it's, it's really insightful to do that because people are really busy. Right. And, yeah. and you're the expert, you're the subject matter expert. So you might right. as well help, uh, you know, help turnkey that whole process. So good right. for you. Yeah. Thanks. Charlie, yeah. uh, talking to students out there right now that are intrigued by uh, graphic design world, um, what, what are the skills, education, and experience that students that are in high school right now would need to pursue to fit themselves to be a, like a good entry-level designer? So, so let's talk about education. Um, is it, in your experience, is it like a prerequisite to have a bachelor's degree in graphic arts or graphic design to be, no. to be marketable in your world? No, in my world as a freelancer, not at all. I mean, not at all. When I went to work for USA Triathlon, they actually required a bachelor's degree to, to get your foot in the door. And some companies do. And, you know, I didn't even have a degree in animation. My degree is in media arts and animation. Did I say graphic design? Did I say, sorry. For, I didn't have a degree in graphic design. It was in animation. So they just wanted to see that I had a bachelor's degree. Um, I know other companies are the same way, but... You know, as a freelancer, a lot of the design stuff that I, I do, um, I had to learn on my own. Web design, I didn't have any classes in, in college, so I had to learn all that on my own. I think with the tools we have nowadays, it's pretty easy to get into doing it as long as you're willing to learn from others that have been in the industry and that know what they're doing. I've run into people that consider themselves graphic designers because they bought Photoshop and they run Photoshop, but you know, being a designer is a lot more and there's a lot of different applications you need to learn um, to be an, a well-rounded designer. I think for kids, you know, for young people starting out trying to get in the design field, I think, you know, just if you love art, that's good. It's a good thing. If you like to draw, that's a good thing, but it's not, being a designer is not always, that. it's not a must. Um, like I said earlier, my friend Katie, who worked for the Chicago Bears, she doesn't draw at all. She doesn't like to draw, but she's a fabulous designer. She likes type. She likes fonts. She likes typeface. And there's so many different types of designers. You know, there's type designers. There's designers that just do logos. There's designers that just do layout for magazines. There's designers that do just web stuff, social media stuff, apparel. I mean, 
that's why I say I think if you want to be a freelancer, it's good to be a well-rounded designer and try to learn all of these different skill sets. You know, if you go to work for someone, like um, I just saw an ad for a coffee shop that's looking for a graphic designer. You know, you'll probably have to learn how to design for social media, for web, for print, for apparel, for um, signage. You know, these are all different things that they don't you know it's different it's different skill sets to design for each of those things so just being open being open to learn you know i said it before being you know your willingness to be open to other people and learning from others i think is is a big thing you know starting out if you want to be a designer take some design classes some basic entry-level design classes go to Pikesville Community College and take one and see if you like it. You might not even like it. You might get into it and say, ah, this isn't for me. Maybe I want to try motion graphics, you know, or maybe I want to try animation or maybe I want to try, I don't know, sign making, you know. If you're going to just try it on your own, I would suggest, you know, go online and just start looking at different programs. I use Adobe Creative Suite. Adobe is a great product. They have different ones, you know, that you can try. I would just start trying things and just playing around. And AIGA is a great platform. If you go on their Facebook page and you join it, you can look at everyone. I mean, people ask questions on there all the time. People ask for critiques. If you go on there and, you know, design something and ask for critiques. And if you're willing to, you know, have a little bit of criticism, then it's a good way to learn. Excellent, Charlie, thank you. And students out there, uh, if you're in late uh, middle school or high school, uh, most of the public school systems in our community and other communities have uh, uh, graphic arts or multimedia arts uh, career pathway programs. And some of the classes that you take in those pathways are concurrently enrolled with Pikes Peak Community College or other community colleges around the state and the country. Mm -hmm. So you can kind of get some of that exposure <clears throat> while you're in high school. Yeah. And not have to wait till you get graduate high school. Yep. Uh, also, there are lots of folks like Charlie that have sponsored opportunities with the Business and Education Alliance that are available at ppbea.org, uh, where you can talk to these folks one-on-one -on -one and kind of pick their brain and be open-minded like Charlie's talking about. So mm -hmm. there's great opportunity at the high school level for students to uh, explore their talents, interests, and aptitudes and figure out how they fit into the world of work. So Charlie Johnner, owner of Mana Creations, it's been an absolute pleasure to hear your career story. Teachers and students, please stand by for uh, part two of our interview, A Day in the Life of, of Charlie at uh, Mana Creations. Thanks again, Charlie. Yeah, thanks, Bob. Welcome back to part two of our Everyone Has a Story interview with Charlie Johnner, owner of Mana Creations. Charlie, thank you again for donating some of your valuable time today. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, so part one, we kind of heard about your career journey and what you wanted to be when you grew up and all that good stuff. And now we're going to talk about what a day in the life of Charlie Johnner looks like as a independent freelancer uh, in the graphic uh, design and arts industry. What does that look like for you? <laughs> well, if you saw the first half of this video, you might have noticed I didn't have a lot of coffee yet, so I was a little slow. Now that I have more coffee in me, things are a little better. So that's the first step, guys. Drink coffee when you wake up so you can get your mind going. <laughs> Every day is a little different for me. I mean, I do have a structure where I wake up and, you know, check emails and respond to clients, look at projects. I check my lists. I have about three different lists that I have. 
for projects just to make sure I'm not forgetting someone. Um, I have my email list. I have a actual handwritten list. And then um, I have another list on my computer for bigger projects, you know, down the road to help me think about things coming up, you know, emails, respond to emails. And then usually for me, it's kind of what project needs to get done the quickest and which is the easiest. So I usually start off with the easiest project, which is usually social media graphics. Um, I do a lot of those. I probably do, I don't know, 50 a week. Um, so I do a lot of those. I, you know, I try to get a few out the way in the morning, you know, things that need to be done for that day or the day or the next day. And then I go on to larger projects, which usually turn into, I do a lot of logos. Um, I do a lot of event signage, you know, like banners. And I just did some flagpoles for fencing. After that, um, it's pretty much just sitting here and working. I try to get up, you know, a few times a day, I'll go lift weights or I'll take my dog on a walk. Or if my kids want to get in the pool, I have to go help them take the pool cover off and get wet and deal with all that but it's a good break i think taking breaks throughout the day is a must it helps your creative juices just kind of refocus helps you get away from staring at a screen so yeah after you know after about lunch it's kind of the same i just keep working answer emails after lunch make sure you know i'm staying up to date with all my clients communicating like i said before making sure i'm letting everyone know what's going on if i'm I'm working on a project that you know I started a few weeks ago. I let them know where the status is on that project, so they know I'm working on it. Helps them feel better. Um, and you know, end of the day, I kind of wrap things up, look over my list again, make sure I, I know what I have to do tomorrow. Write down my to-do list for the day, and go from there. Now it's kind of like, sounds like a great day. Yeah, it's nice. You know, mixing some work and some downtime, and yeah. Yep, it is. And if my wife comes home and she's in a tizzy and I have to go help her do something, I can do it. <laughs> right on. Charlie, let's talk about technical skills that are important in your job and then soft skills that are important in your job. What um, Talk about the technical skills or job knowledge that uh, you need to have to be successful in your job. Well, like I mentioned before, Adobe Creative Suite is what I use. I mostly use um, Photoshop, Illustrator, and InDesign. InDesign I use mostly for layout. I do some magazine design and, you know, larger like event programs and I use that for InDesign. And then logos are all vector-based, so I use Illustrator and then Photoshop I kind of use for everything else. I think one of the big things technically is, you know, these programs are always changing. So staying up to date with what's changing on them is a good thing. I also think if you, you know, I subscribe to different, um, design magazines like how and uh, what was the other one character character design weekly or something i just subscribed to that and a couple others i'm sorry i can't for the life of me i can't think of them um but it it's just to see what is out there in the industry you know what people are making um i go online and i look at design websites just so i see what trends are I think staying up to date with trends is a big important thing. Technically, it, it as long as you're good with your the programs you're using and you enjoy it and it and it works well for you, I think that's just staying up to date on those programs. I illustrate, so I try to 
I like to draw, so I do it on my free time just for myself. And that helps me stay creative with illustrating for clients because illustrating for clients can get kind of old and tedious because you're doing it for them. You're not doing it for yourself. And there's always changes and there's always things that you don't necessarily agree with what they want, but you still need to do it. You know, soft skills, I would say, like I said before, communication. I have to work on smiling more, my wife says. <laughs> I think. And you just did it. I know I'm trying. <laughs> um, I think just, uh, you know, having a good positive personality, having a good positive aura toward whoever you work with. If you work in a company, if you work with, if you're a freelancer and you work with different clients, I think just having being positive and that's a, that's a skill in itself. Um, being a freelancer, like I said before, I have to wear different hats. So, you know, I have a CPA that does all my books, but I, I talk to him about what I can write off and what I can use and what I can't use for taxes. And, you know, these are all important things to learn if you want to have your own business. And if you have these type of people in your corner, you learn from them. And I, I consider that a soft skill, you know, like learning the ins and outs of the tax, the fun tax stuff. Um, even my printers, the people I partner with. I try to go in and talk to them about what are the, you know, what are your latest printers? What are you guys working on? This is cool. You know, let me show me your, show me your guys' setup. Let me walk around your shop. And they always do it. And I get to see what they're doing. And we talk about what they can, what they can do for my clients. And that helps, you know, just communicating, being open. Yeah. I've said it before. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds great. And smiling. Charlie, what do you like most about what you do? There's a lot of it. A lot. You got to um, pick one. I think helping this people. Perfect. I think helping people. Let's say you have a client who wants a logo. Um, they know what they want. They see it in their head, but they can't put it on paper. That's kind of the simplest way to put it. So I get to take what's in their head and put it on paper for them. Um, and then to see their eyes and their expression when you're capturing what they saw were even better than what they had envisioned. I think that that's probably the best thing about what I do. Seeing people get excited all over again about their business because of something you created for them. Charlie, yeah. uh, recognizing that not every job is going to be unicorns and rainbows every day. Is there mm -hmm. uh, any part of your job that you find unsatisfactory? Or maybe there's a task that you don't like to do that you have to do anyway. What does that look like? It's funny. Uh, the first thing that came to mind is future designers out there when you design logos for your clients, never give them the logo you hate. The logo you hate, they will 100% choose it every single time. Don't do that. If you design a logo and you hate it, don't ever show your client, ever, never. They will choose it. That's really interesting. <laughs> it's true. I Not being the uh, graphic design insider, I find that a fascinating comment. Yeah, it's true. That's, I don't know why. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. And it can be the worst looking logo. You could send them five different logos. And it's the one logo that it just doesn't look good. And they're like, this is exactly what I wanted. <laughs> uh, I don't know. And changes, you know, I think you, and changes and criticism. I think you're always going to have that. And I think you have to have thick skin. Being a, a freelancer, you have to have thick skin. Being a designer, you have to have thick skin. Your client is not always going to like what you're doing for them. And some of them can be pretty harsh and be very blunt and honest with you. And it might not always feel so good to hear that 
this logo you designed, this brochure you designed, you absolutely love it and they absolutely hate it. So, you know, that's just the way it is. So you move on and you make changes and you give them what they like. You always try to, I think you always try to give your client what they like, but keeping yourself in it. And uh, that, that was my dog. And um, yeah, just keep a little bit of yourself in everything that you do. And if you have to change something for your client to make them happy, well, sometimes you just have to do that, you know, and that client will come back to you hopefully and you can do more of what you like and yeah, get paid for it. Charlie, uh, talk to that one high school student out there right now watching your career story who's really interested in maybe learning more about the graphic design industry. Um, how, what can you suggest to that student to gain exposure to or experience in your field of work? Look at the classes that you have in your high school that, you know, I think you and I, we were talking, Bob, about like my son, you know, goes to Palmer High School and last year he took some entry-level design classes, um, which was, which, which he had a career path to going to Pikes Peak Community College to continue um, in the design field. Uh, he ended up not really enjoying the classes, so he got out of it. Um, my other son was at the middle school at Jenkins Middle School, and he had some Photoshop classes teaching him just how to manipulate photos, and he enjoyed that. And I think that opened the door for him to like really be interested in what I do and the design aspect of it. Yeah, I would say just look at the resources around you. Don't be afraid to, you know, I keep thinking of the Fine Arts Center. Um, I think Bemis Art School still has our classes, I, you know, I know Pikes Peak Community College does. I think there's other design related um, classes around the city that aren't, you know, expensive, but can get you some experience. Um, teaming, up, teaming up with someone like me, picking my brain, hanging out for a day, seeing what I do, having coffee and just talking about design helps as well. Um, going to ppba.org and checking out all the amazing other designers that are on there. And I'm a, I'm a, a fish in a big pond. You know, there's a lot of very talented, talented people in the Colorado Springs area that are willing to help others and willing to help, you know, young people um, jump into this field because this field is, it's, uh, it's, it's fun. And it's, you get to, you get to do art for a living. I mean, like I'm blessed. Like I get to, I get to be an artist for a living. It's yeah, it's fun. And perhaps maybe not have to starve while you're being not an artist. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not a Picasso. <laughs> I'm not one of these old school famous artists that starved just to buy some paint. Yeah. Yeah, and they uh, their estate made money after they died. Right. Exactly. <laughs> My wife keeps saying that to me. How rich are we going to be when you die, honey? <laughs> That's awesome. very rich. <laughs> Yeah, so students, you know, there's lots of opportunity for you to um, get exposure to, you know, the graphic design industry and, and dozens of other industries in our community at ppbea.org. Uh, you, can, you can do it in your school, you can do it at home. Um, you know, folks like uh, uh, Charlie have made themselves available to do these recordings. They also have made themselves available to talk to you one-on-one. -on -one whether it's through a Zoom session or meeting at a coffee shop or whatever, so you can pick their brain. Um, and Charlie's also made himself available to talk to 
groups of students, whether it's a classroom or what have you, uh, about his career and opportunities in the graphic design industry. So Charlie, thank you so much for that partnership. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for the opportunity to do that. I think helping one another, helping each other. And I feel blessed, like I said before, and I think I want to, you definitely want to give that back. You definitely want to help others. And I'm very open and willing. Perfect. Charlie, let's talk about uh, college decision-making. We were talking during the break about this a little bit. Um, talk to students about uh, your journey and your decision-making about going to the Art Institute and um, do you, you know, maybe weigh in on, do you feel like that investment in education was worth it for you? And then you also talked a little bit about um, your uh, experience with your son making a college decision. So have at it. Like I said before, my mom pushed me kicked me in the butt, said, get out. Well, I went to the Art Institute in Denver. Um, and, you know, it was scary. I'm not going to lie. Like, going into a field that you like and then you're around so many other talented people, you kind of almost feel like a fraud, especially seeing some of the design or the illustration work and the talent. It just, there's a lot of talented people out there. Um, you know, college for me was a great experience. Um, it's what I made of it though. You know, if you want to go to college, be ready to go to college, be wanting, wanting that education. Don't go to college just because you feel like it's what you have to do. I feel like if you go to college because it's what everybody else is doing, it's what mom and dad expect, you know, you're going to waste your time. You're going to waste money. If you want to go to college, go to college because you want to go there and you want to learn and you want to be educated and you want that experience. I was ready. I took a year off after high school. Like I said, I, that's when I was working for my parents full time. Um, I had bought a house with a friend of mine. We sold the house. I had money left over from the house. So it helped me when I went to college to actually pay for college. It helped me pay for, I didn't have to work all the time. I had to, I just had a part-time job, but I wanted to go. It took me a year. I think if I would have got out of college, if I would have went to college after high school, um, I wouldn't have been ready. And I don't think I would have got nearly what I got out of it waiting a year. I went for animation and I don't do animation anymore, but that's okay. I had so many other classes in that, that, that time. I was around so many other creative people. I had teachers that had taught me invaluable lessons that I could never, you know, you couldn't even find in books, just their experience in the industry. Um, I think that's what you get out of college. You get what you put into it. Uh, like I said, if you want to go to college, want to go because you want to go, not because you feel like you have to. What was the other point? College. My son, Nate. My son, Nate, my oldest son, he just graduated high school. He's a football player. He's not the biggest guy, but he he's a good player. He wanted to go to college and play football. He had an opportunity. A school out in New Hampshire offered him a scholarship to come play. Um, but they didn't have any of the classes, you know, he, they didn't have the career field that he wanted to go into. So he figured he could take some of the general classes, get them out of the way while playing school, playing football for the school. And I had to let him know, like, listen, bud, you're going to go to this school and not get a degree that you really want. And you're going to come out of this school, a hundred thousand dollars in debt. This was after his um, scholarship. He still would have owed money, you know, going through the whole financial process of getting the student loans and things like that he, he would have been a hundred thousand in debt so he decided not to do that he's taking a year off and he's just taking some classes at Pikes Peak Community College and just trying to figure out where he wants to be and what he wants to do and there's nothing wrong with that in my eyes I think it's where you want to be in life 
and what you want to do with your life, where you want to go and how you want to get there and how driven are you to do it. And if this is your passion, then be driven and work hard and don't look back and do what you love to do. Right on, Charlie. Thank you. That's great experience to share. So the hard part of our interview is over, Charlie. What do you like to do in your free time when you're not working? Uh, work. No, <laughs> I, you can tell I, I like tattoos. I like, uh, I love, I love art. So I still like to draw. I still like to paint. You know, I tried tattooing for a while. I was doing some graffiti stuff. Um, I like to try different things that push me that I'm not good at. So I try it and I do it and I try to get good at it. Um, you know, we like to camp and fish and hunt and enjoy Colorado Riding bikes, playing with my kids. Most of my kids are all teenagers now, so they don't really like to hang out and play with dad anymore, but just family and friends and life is fun. Do For me, it's you just try to live it to the fullest and do as much as you can and have fun. And Charlie, what do you want to be when you grow up now? Uh, honestly, I love what I do. I think if I ever had to change a career, I'd be a, a, a forest ranger or a division of wildlife, but you know, I can't ever see not being a graphic designer or an artist. I, you know, I, I'm planning for retirement. I'm getting older, so I'm trying to, you know, save money so that when I get a little older, I can maybe retire. But I don't ever really fully think I'll retire. I think I'm always going to be sitting down doing some kind of art and hopefully getting paid for it because I, I love what I do. You know, I, I, I think when I grow up, I... I probably want to sell more paintings, but that's about it. <laughs> so you're, uh, it sounds like you're right where you want to be, right? Yeah. Like I said, I feel, I feel very blessed. I feel very lucky for where I'm at. Yeah. But it, it was a lot of work. It was a lot of dedication. It was a lot of hard work. It was a lot of hours. It was a lot of, it was work. It, I didn't just land here. I didn't just one day become a successful freelancer. I, it took a lot of work. It took a lot of patience and it took a great group of people in my corner to help me. Charlie, uh, any final experience or comments you'd like to make or, or share to that one student out there right now that is watching your interview that uh, has, you know, that your uh, what you've shared has sparked an interest and an energy in them around graphic design or arts? So do you have any final experience to share? Don't be afraid to try something new. Don't be afraid to step out of your comfort zone. Don't be afraid to, if you want to do art, do art. Like I said, don't look back, just do it. Um, don't hesitate, just do it. Step out there and put yourself out on the limb and, and say, this is what I want to do. I'm going to make it work. I don't know how, I don't know where, I don't know what, what it looks like, but I'm going to try it. If you fall down and you fail, get right back up and keep going. That's, you know, I've failed so many times. I've fallen down so many times, but you just get up and keep going. You can't stop. You can't stop moving. You have to just want it and do it. Charlie Donner, owner of Manor Creations. Thank you so much for uh, sharing your career story with us today. Yeah, no problem. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I, I'm excited. I'm excited to work with you guys, be, have, be part of this partnership and help others. Yeah. Thank you, Bob. Oh, you bet. It's been an absolute pleasure to uh, to hear your journey, and we look forward to um, you know increasing partnerships and experiential learning for students with you, and with the folks at AIGA. Um, I've been talking to Colin, Christy, and Jay Wheats about 
trying to build out some kind of an internship cohort in graphic design uh, for students in high school. So we'll we'll keep trying to nudge that um, uh, opportunity forward. But Charlie, thank you so yeah, much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Everyone Has a Story podcast. We hope the experience shared today in the career story and informational interview may benefit you as you make educational and career choices. If you would like to learn more about the Business and Education Alliance and how we are working with education and industry to connect students' talents, interests, and aptitudes to the world of work, please go to businessandeducationalliance.org. Mm -hmm.